I believe that QT, quantitative tightening, is going to stop. And this information makes me feel very comfortable in that opinion. Now, if that's happening, then you're going to see those people that like to sell silver because they're, they think the stock market's going to be weak, CTAs, you're going to see them cover. And that's going to get it going. Good afternoon. I'm Vince Lancey, and this is the Arcadia Economic Silver Fix. Let's get started. Okay, what are we going to talk about today? First of all, it's 1 p.m. your time. It's 8.24 my time. Sunday night, watching the markets. I figured I'd bang this out uh, and give you something a little bit more actionable for today. We have something I think it's pretty special today. I'm going to create a hybrid uh, conversation. Part of this conversation will be about my observations uh, in the marketplace, what will be the drivers for silver the next week to two months. And then another part of that will be, I'm happy to say, I have some technical analysis from Michael Oliver. You may know him from MSA Technicals, and I'm going to share a little bit of his work with you um, with his blessing, and we'll give him a proper uh, plug as well for that. Okay, so first of all, let's start with this. You can see on your screen there, the backdrop from last year, the backdrop from a week or two ago for silver for 2024. Against this backdrop, we're going to discuss the things I just brought up. The remonetization of silver comes after gold. So if you're looking at central banks and you're looking at bricks, we're looking at bricks, forget central banks. If you're looking at bricks to get silver higher, you need to hear more announcements about gold going into 24, and we will have them, but not until the second half of the year. Second thing, China stimulus is key for silver. I'm going to downgrade that. It's still key, but it's not as important as to what we're gonna talk about today. It remains a unknown uh, bull indicator. It remains an unknown kicker if this market gets going. Right now, I don't think it's priced in at all. The third thing is, and I thought this was important, but it's more important now, especially with the current news that I have to share with you. Uh, and that's about Fed cuts and QT. No, there's no Fed cut coming, uh, at least not today. Uh, but the end of QT may be here. And that's what we'll be talking about. Four or five questions I'll be asking and answering in my own analysis uh, for silver, which will be shared with you. The first one is, is silver starting another sell-off? And my answer to that will be, I'll tell you right up front, no, because of what gold did on Friday. But you know, if gold undoes what it did on Friday, then silver could be starting a new sell-off. But right now, no. Uh, two, what would ensure this is the beginning of a real rally? Well, there are three things, China, which I mentioned, right? Fed easing and What's this RRP, BTFB, Terminate QT alphabet soup? We'll talk about that. The third thing is what are some price levels that can allow you to see what I'm saying happening, confirmation, so to speak. And that will be uh, where Michael stuff comes in. Uh, what I've identified as a triple top in silver, he doesn't call it that, uh, but I think uh, we're not far apart on what a triple top is. Uh, he talks about the basing action. What makes me worried about what I just said above there 
And that will be if gold breaks a certain price level, then I get really worried about silver on the other. And secondly, directly about silver, a close under 2321 would make me concerned. And that's basis to March contract. Okay. And then a final comment by Michael. And that's it. So let's get going. First off, is silver starting another sell-off? Well, you're going to have to look at a chart for that. And the answer is, while it's weaker than gold, it will probably not start another sell-off and is more likely to be basing. So gold strength is lending itself to silver. And if you remember, silver's rally last week was the first time in a while that it rallied and outperformed gold. Now, both markets gave back a lot of their uh, prof uh, profits, their gains, but silver for, it's like for old time's sake, it started to outperform again. And I like that. That's what I saw. What Michael uh, Oliver here sees is um, different and confirming that. So I wouldn't bring it up unless I saw a confirmation from something different. All right. Fed easing. The world thinks the Fed's easing in March. I do not think that's something you should rely on. However, if it happens, you're going to have a rocket. Uh, you're going to have a, a flare lit under uh, stocks and silver and gold in that order. Stocks will go up first. Silver will go up second. Gold will go up third. And then silver will keep going, catching up to gold over its last couple of months performance. All right, a little more specific. So Fed easing, if the market is discounting Fed easing and we see that's happening, especially in, I'm hiding something there, right? What do I, oh, that's my gold. That's my Goldman report. Uh, we'll touch on that in a second. Nothing on silver and gold, my Goldman. Just something that I'm looking at when I'm studying silver. Okay, Fed easing, that's it. The market is discounting Fed easing. I personally think the market is over discounting it, but I'm not married to that. What the market may be correctly discounting, and I just got information on this tonight, uh, courtesy of a, a zero hedge premium comment, is that other things are happening that will be for easing. Now, let me just put that in English. The Fed has to do some things in March. It has to, one, uh, it's going to do on this BTFP uh, program, which is basically a safety net for banks that are struggling. And if they wish to extend it, end it, you know, or do some sort of a hybridization of that, that's their decision to make. Now, if they extend it, that's kicking the can down the road. You know what that means. If they end it, that's an almost immediate uh, deflationary crisis. The banks, some of these banks will go under and you'll lose you'll lose confidence and you will have a repeat behaviorally of what happened with SVB. Remember that we may not remember, but I'll just say it. the BTFP was one of the things that quelled the fears of, of, of SVB. All right. A second thing they can do is they can ease, but they're not going to do that right away. The second thing, what they're going to do is they're going to do things that let the market see they're going to do more things if they need to. So the first thing will be terminating or tapering QT. This, and I said this before, 
The second thing will be um, announcing something that the market likes about the BTFB. The third thing will be easing. And the fourth thing will be easing. And the fifth thing will be easing. But until we get to that on-ramp of easing, these things are more important. The BTFB needs to be addressed. And I put RRP there. The RRP is the piggy bank that our banks have been stashing their money and getting 5% while you're getting zero or three and three quarters percent. Uh, they've been stashing their money there. And when called upon, they're taking money out to buy all these extra treasuries being bought. So when that piggy bank runs out, there's going to be a liquidity crunch. And so the Fed's going to have to do something about that to stop the liquidity crunch. The RRP is scheduled to run out, not scheduled, but it seems to be on a path to run out as early as March. So imagine this, if the stock market is teetering lower and the BTFB is scheduled to end and the RRP is running out of money, well, you've got a problem, you should ease but they're not going to do that right away, I think. What they're going to do is, I thought they were going to taper the QT, which is a quantitative tightening, which is them actually selling the bonds into the market. If they stop selling bonds into the market, they don't need the RRP, right? If they stop selling bonds into the market, they can make the BTFB a little bit less stressful. So what does that mean? Why am I saying all this in detail? Because tonight, JP Morgan uh, made a special comment. And the special comment is subtitled, It's All Over Now QT. JP Morgan, and this is, you know, this is definitive. This isn't, this isn't, uh, this isn't uh, vacillating words. They're talking very specific here in, in finance terms. We now expect that the FOMC will have the outline of a timeline to slow the reduction in the balance sheet at the late January meeting communicated to the public in the mid-February minutes to that meeting. We expect that this plan will be formally agreed to at the mid-March meeting and will be implemented beginning in April. So you're like, okay, so it's it's January, decided, announced in February, agreed to in March, and we'll start in April. Well, markets don't care about that. Soon as the markets get wind of this, you're going to see the markets respond to that. So I would say over the next two weeks, if another bank joins in this concept, you're going to see Wall Street say, okay, we're going to start getting the Fed moving off of QT towards an easing process. Now, maybe they're not going to ease. They, they're going to ease, but probably not in March. That's my opinion. But the point is, we I believe that QT, quantitative tightening, is going to stop. And this information makes me feel very comfortable in that opinion. Now, if that's happening, then you're going to see those people that like to sell silver because they're, they think the stock market's going to be weak, CTAs, you're going to see them cover. And that's going to get it going. You're going to see stocks ramp, you're going to see silver ramp, and you're going to see gold rally as well, but silver would outperform. So that's the scenario I see. Again, this is against the backdrop that the first half of this year is not supposed to be that good for metals, okay? So we need prices to determine if we should be dancing. And that's why I'm happy to talk about the MSA report 
that I got. And I will be getting these from time to time. And I will share silver with you on them, provided Michael continues to let me do that. But uh, let's let's do that. All right. So 360 degree weekend report. He covers stocks, grain, silver, and gold. We're going to discuss, we're going to discuss the key points in silver and not get too wonky. Mom, momentum structural analysis is Michael Oliver at OliverMSA.com, or you can go to his website, OliverMSA.com. All right. The first thing is, let's go, let's go to my chart. Now I have been watching, you may remember, or you may not remember, you may remember me talking about a triple top in gold. And everybody was talking about a triple top in gold. But I told you what it meant. Triple tops are made to be broken. And if we get there, there won't be a fourth time. That's the rule. Do we have a triple top in silver? Literally, no. But I'm going to tell you why I'm looking at it as a triple top. This is a monthly chart. One, two, three. It's not an exact triple top, but it's what I like to see. I need to see three long wicks. I need to see them stopping out of basically the same price, same place. Then you say, well, what about all this over here? Yeah, that was a different market. That was that was the run to $30. That was the panic, right? And this was the retest of the panic. This is where the banks were told, never let it go above here again until we're out of the woods. And the market retested it. The bank said sold. And then whoosh, the market just rolled out. Now the market is in a different mindset, bottoming, channel, triple top. I think the next time up there, it's going to go through there just like gold did last year. So when is the next time to go up there? Well, for that, we're going to turn to, we're going to turn to Michael's work a little bit. Right? Where is that? There it is. Okay. All right. Uh, I wrote the triple top or silver. That's not him talking. I'm going to read his thing. He's looking at weekly closes. And so that's what I was looking at, but a little bit more spread out. I was looking at monthly. I'm going to read him. Let's look first again at the larger price chart picture, at least going back to 2020. A well-defined parallel channel was broken out above in early 23. Many people have noted that, and they're saying that that's a reason to be bullish. And it is, but it's, you know, silver is not uh, complying on the schedule that we wanted to, right? All right, followed by a protracted but arm wrestling selling process until October, and then an upshot again, which we saw. And again, the Silver Bears sold a weekly close around $26, right? For the third time now. They better not let it visit there again. See that? There's your triple top. Um, staying with this, because he mentioned it later on, but I just brought it back up here. If the market closes on a monthly basis near or above $25.50, then $26 will not matter. That's Michael's opinion, and I'm going to underline it and say I can see why he's saying that, and I agree with it. So let's bring it down a little bit. Let's get a little bit closer. The basing action will occur if Friday's closing price is 23 spot 76 or higher. Now, this is an oscillator. This is a, uh, I'm sorry, I can't make it bigger right now. This is an oscillator that he has, and, and he puts a zero there. Down here is negative, up here is positive, and price is in there. And I'm going to go off of his chart and, and show you what he's talking about. The market made a low 
Let's go to the daily. I think he's on the daily now, right? See this here? This was a significant low. It took it out, right? This was a significant low here. And it took it out and it didn't hold it. Now, normally I would say, looking at this, I personally would say, ah, I want it to close green. And boom, the next day it closed nicely green. So I like this as a low. Now you have to look at things like MACD and RSI. And I haven't looked at those yet. And I will to see if I agree with him. But his oscillator is probably similar, uh, although definitely not exactly the same, based on that. And his oscillator says, well, actually what he said using his oscillator was he has two different things going on there. I'm just going to uh, uh, go through them. A close above 23.76 in March says we're definitely done. And you can see what he's talking about here. He's talking about this candle being negated, right? And a close above 23.21, which puts us right around here, uh, makes him think that we're probably going to be negated. So 23.21 makes you neutral friendly. 23.76 makes you bullish right? 24.50, that's another number he has in there, makes you really bullish. And 25.50 makes you, I don't know, makes you what's ultra bullish, right? Because this should not last if we get to 25.50 on a monthly close, middle of the month, doesn't matter, monthly close. All right, let's go back to what he wrote there. And let's try and translate that. Okay, so that's the basing action, 2376. What makes you worried? Okay, I am worried if this QT news does not happen. He is worried. He doesn't say he's worried, but he says if we close under 2321, I think it's a weekly basis, then he would get slightly concerned. And if you look at that again using my chart, a close under 2321 on a weekly basis puts us strongly back in this, this channel right? This, this downwardly sloping daily channel. Let's see what that looks like on a weekly. Okay. You can see what's going on there. You have a long weekly wick. You close below 2321 and it probably just takes, probably negates his momentum. And I'm, I'm speaking from on my own here. I haven't spoken with him yet, but I'm qualified to read at least, I think. So this trend here might be negated if we get above here. That's I like that, 2321. It's a March contract, but it's close enough to, to spot right now for me to be comfortable with that. All right, back to what he has. Final comment by Michael. If you're, I'm going to add a little, a little bit here. If you're a bear, you don't want to see an upturn get back up to the 2450 area. But Vinci said above 2376, be bullish. Yeah, but above 2450, the bears become bullish or the bears become fearful. We get bullish early. They drop their bearishness late, and that's what makes it fun. All right, that shows too much resilience, meaning silver would be too resilient. Of course, you can bet on a massive bear evacuation whenever $26 is exceeded, or probably even approached again. That's the 2550 concept. The issue now is this yet again, another sell-off, meaning what just happened. And what we see looks ripe enough to assume that it probably ended with last week's brief headline chasing. Remember that little wick I just showed you? Downside spike contained in two trading hours. The headline chasers never seem to learn. Let's hope he's right. I see what he's seeing. Uh, let me, I want to pull up gold to share what I'm talking about. 
and then we'll let everyone go here. See this? This is the uh, this is the war, right? And here's the channel. Here's the channel that we created from that. Now I ignore this, right here, and I ignore that. So I go from here to here, and I have these as upside spikes. So upside spike. So the channel is in here. The value is in here but it's ever so slightly upwardly tilted, even though it looks like, you know, crap, right? Now let's look at gold. Well, there's your gold channel. It goes like this, same type of channel. Didn't have a spike higher here, had a super spike higher here and had a sell off here and your channel's going up, but it's at a steeper thing. So the question is who's, whose structure makes more sense? And the gold structure makes more sense. So on a weekly version, right, I only get bearish using Michael Short uh, level if we have a uh, a weekly close below 23.21, all right? And, and that's fine. And I only get bearish in gold if we have a weekly close below 2013. Now, I'm going to be a little bit more careful on that. I'm going to give you a daily close. Uh, I, I want a daily close that trades below 2023, that settles below 2023 or trades below 2013. That's how I look at it. So every dip in here, again, looking at gold, see that? This is gonna be bought all the way down to here. And I think it's gonna go back up from there. If it breaks there, then I look at silver and I say, bets are off. You know, Michael's gotta go back to the drawing board. But if it doesn't, I think gold drags silver up. And the dragging will be when someone says, oh, look, they're not doing QT. And that's it. And there's the Goldman report on gold. Basically, they like gold for all the reasons that I like silver, meaning they look at the geopolitical risk, which we all look at now, right? Uh, but they're also saying if the Fed eases or there's QT easing, gold's going to go up. Well, if gold's going to go up, silver's going to go up more because this is a risk on situation. That's it, folks. It's 846, right? Uh, I'm Vince, and uh, have a great day. It's probably about 1.30 uh, when you're watching this. And let's see what happens. I think I think, uh, I think, think gold was oversold, and it's going to go back up. And I think, more importantly, you can start doing this with silver. I think you can start doing the following with silver. Let me draw a little. Being very technical today. Reading Michael's stuff has got me thinking that. I think you can start looking at this. You're a buyer here. Right now, you should be neutral. You're a buyer here or you're a buyer above there. That's it. I like the market. See you later.